We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hey, everyone. Welcome and thanks for touching base with us for another episode of the Union of the Unknowns. We're back after stealing a very quick week away. Thanks for joining us. I'm your local host, uh, your local Aussie, Stella Q, and happy to be joined by my fellow diggers. Here with us, we have our Brit from the land of the lava, Terry Canary. And I we know. also have, yeah, <laughs> we have our cigar puffing redhead <laughs> podcast moonlighter, Jackie. <laughs> and he's America's sweetheart, powered mostly by ice cream. Hold the bugs, isn't cat. Onyangaseo. That's Korean. Today, uh, Korean. Thank you for clearing that up. It's important to know. (laughs) So today or tonight or however your time chooses to identify, we're getting down and dirty and digging into the unknown underground, underground, underground. But wait, look up. There's a moon landing. There's a Hubble telescope, a Mars landing. There's an international space station, a James Webb telescope. Watch out. Here comes a meteor. And a Chinese spy balloon. Shoot that bastard down with, you know, the thing. Here come some aliens. We've got to remember, <laughs> whichever way they're telling us to look, we've got to look the opposite way. We always have to look the opposite way. It's a given. In this topsy-turvy land where the hermetic wisdom of baphometic <laughs> fundamentals have been thrust upon the very core of society, as above, so below. It's no secret that civilization is confined merely to the thin and crispy surface of the Earth's crust. Like menacing overgrown ant colonies, there are tunnels under our feet, housing facilities beyond the surface dwellers' wildest dreams globally. From the ancient catacombs and tombs of past civilizations that houses treasures that governments keep hidden, or possibly built to escape cataclysms, to the more secretive dumbs, the deep underground military bases, and other classified black ops permanently off-limits to the herd. There are incredible feats of tediously constructed escape routes built by desperate POWs in various wars to high-security vaults that house great riches and the deepest ancient secrets of humanity, such as the library under the Vatican, with zero access for peasants. The underground areas, regardless of age, tend to be off-limits, which is hardly surprising that it invites speculation. When it comes to the natural world of geology and tree root systems that can communicate with each other and there's even greater mysteries. The underground is generally kept very much in the dark so it's a perfect place to do a little digging. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to cover what's under and unseen. Anybody like to kick off with anything in particular or what did you guys want? Let me just say one thing Justin and then go for it. I was going to say I just really appreciate or think change repeat Ashley, the uh, meme that she created where it said Fauci has announced that once the bombs start dropping, hiding under two desks offers an added layer of protection. So obviously if we were hiding underground in a bunker, that would be even better. But you know, <laughs> if two masks work, why not two desks? Anyways, go for it, Justin. Well, I was just going to ask is that would 
Stella technically be considered underground since she's like if I'm here on Earth, if we're if we're assuming Earth is a globe, if she's here, if I'm here, then she'd be like here. So that's technically underground for me, right? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Assuming you're at the top. Maybe I'm the one underground. Yep. Well, mm. believe in the narrative. You're in America. <laughs> If you're in America, if you're in America, isn't it the Chinese that are underground? Stella's more underground for me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm <laughs> not good with here, so I'm not good with American geography, much less world geography. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out when it comes to geography. <laughs> I wasn't there that day. <laughs> I wasn't there that I, day. I, I would like. I would like us to start talking about dumbs because I, I think there's certainly a lot of evidence that there's a lot of them about, particularly in America, these deep underground military bases. And you may have one of your own uh, over there in Pine Gap. There's certainly a lot of funny stuff going on there, which we were going to talk about in our UFO episode we never got around to. So there's been a lot of people coming, talking about strange things going on underground with the military maybe or maybe not with aliens and so uh and the other thing uh that might be connected to that there's an awful lot of people in the world hearing these strange noises at night sounds of machinery and what have you which could well be yeah it wasn't uh not that long ago uh, i think it was even last year possibly 2020 um there was a chain of earthquakes that were happening under Victoria, under the Melbourne sort of area, which is not normal. That's pretty unusual. Um, and when they were mapped out, they were, it sort of you could kind of see lines. Like it, <laughs> they weren't that random. So who knows? Who knows what was going on under there? But yeah, under pretty much under every city of the world, there are tunnels. Um, the last count that they admitted to, there was 188 in America alone uh, of these deep underground military bases. I think it's been speculated that something like $20 trillion has been spent on underground military bases since the 1950s. You think they That's might the have created some us. underground... Yeah, you think they might have created some underground bombs to create those earthquakes? Well, it's it's been... Um, admitted that they have the technology of 1996 I think uh, I can't remember the name of the guy it's just escapes me at the moment but he came out and admitted that they have the technology to create earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and tornadoes and all that stuff so if that's the truth there's a there's a Romanian it's either an MEP or a member of the Romanian parliament who's been making some noise recently about the Turkish earthquake being created by heart type technology so yes. uh, yeah who knows maybe they can do it well, well and they did say that they can how long ago did you say that they said that that they could do that i believe it was 1996 but don't quote it might have been 97 well it was somewhere in the 90s i was just thinking because how long have cohen. they been able to somebody control, called cohen like Sorry, the man. cohen brothers uh, or no, somebody, somebody or other Cohen, I just, it just came into my head. Um, but yeah, cause they've been Don't able go to, there, Justin. Don't go there. They, they've been able to <laughs> manipulate weather since what <laughs> the thirties and forties. And it's just now in 2020s coming to light that 
like as being like accepted mainstream wise. So I'll probably be another 30, 40 years at least before people start recognizing uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. If that train of thought yeah, made well, any sense. The other thing, Stella. Mm -hmm. The other thing, Stella. Do they do fracking down in down in Aussie? Because uh, we get a lot of earthquakes now in the UK that we never used to have, and it's largely because of all the fracking that's been going on. Yeah, totally. I mean, how can they change such geological structures in such a major way without expecting some kind of result, you know, fallout yeah. from it? Um, I mean, the Atherton Tablelands, which is the well, there's a the water basin underneath is. I mean, we we have the same problems with our underneath water basins being polluted by fracking. So yeah, there's a lot of protesting and stuff. So I haven't heard of it so much lately. It's gone a little bit quiet, but then I haven't looked. So I'm sure it's still going on. Some beautiful areas that have been, uh, yeah, fought for at the moment, like the Hunter Valley. But uh, yeah, getting back to underground. Um, I mean, we've we've all heard of you know, the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. Uh, Bill Cooper actually mentioned yeah, Mount yeah, Weather, yeah. which is that Mount Weather is actually it's just out of Washington DC, about 40, 40 miles out of Washington DC in the uh, Blue Mont, Virginia area. Yeah. Blue Ridge what Mountain. is that? Uh, it's a underground military base, which is actually in nine eleven. That's where um, the you know the president and all the important people were taken to, evacuated to quickly, allegedly. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean Peak. that was just a show because they oh, already knew what was up, and they knew they were the ones yeah. creating it. So they were hiding from themselves. <laughs> yeah, well, you know they they got to play the part, and of course we've all heard about the Denver Airport. That's um, highly sus. That's where the new CIA yeah. headquarters is, actually. That's yeah, uh, in Atlanta, twenty-two miles in diameter. Sorry, I'll just, the Denver airport is like 22 miles diameter um, in expanse. That's they say it's only place. eight levels, but I'm sure it's, yeah, it's a very weird place. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot deeper than the eight levels that they admit to, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, there's something, <laughs> there's something going on. There's something going on there for sure. Those uh, paintings they've got in the airport are damn creepy as well. Yeah, there's Masonic symbols all through that place. Bizarre artwork. Mm. And uh, isn't that where, is that where they've got the statue out the front, the blue horse? Is that Denver Airport? I believe they call yeah, him yeah, Lucifer. Yeah, the sort of demonic horse. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the that's demonic weird. horse. And uh, but some of these uh, paintings seem to almost be like predicting, you could say, the pandemic or something, you know, sort of worldwide death and destruction. Um, it's, it's really creepy. Yeah, very odd and choice of artwork for a public under, place. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it's, do that it's a lot now, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> now, I think they've always done it. Um, it's said that a lot of the um, there's a lot of experimentation that goes on in these bases as well, like in the much lower levels. But even you know, even the uh, authorities, a lot of the authorities can't even go into um, the super soldiers. If you want to believe that that's a real thing, and I can't see why it wouldn't be, considering what they're talking about with implants and things. MK Ultra has been going on for decades, so that all ties in. Um, so who knows what they're doing down there? It's, um, I'm sure that it's not something we'd really want to know about. <laughs> Whatever they want. 
Uh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that this is people... where. Sorry, mate. You go. Sorry, Karen. Sorry. No, you go, Terry. No, I was just going to say some some people in the military have said that in America they've got this nifty um, kind of gravity train system. Uh, the idea is you make a big sort of uh, a loop, like like uh, as if a chain was hanging down, and you pump all the air out, and then um, you just you basically free fall from one point to another, and they reckon they can get across America in like half an hour, something like that. <laughs> Whether yeah. that's true or not is you know it's a nice idea. It's theoretically possible. I think it was it might have even been Elon Musk was talking about building one of these. You know, people have been talking about building them for ages and. As usual, the the you know the military are always way ahead of what's actually out in the open, so they could easily have something like that. Yeah, um, it's well, it's 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 been stated that these all these underground cities are connected by the all high speed magneto magneto levity train systems, like you know, like the one yeah. they've in, in Japan. Yeah, uh, they travel at speeds mm -hmm. of up to fifteen hundred miles per hour, allegedly, because that's, that's I mean they I mean. don't have they've just got tunnels specifically for that. There's nothing. I think in the way they can go as fast as they want. What's the speed of sound? Fifteen hundred? That's a lot. Oh, I couldn't tell you off yeah, the top of my head. Speed of, sound. Yeah. Uh, speed of sound's about six, seven hundred miles an hour. But um, the idea is you wow. pump all the air out of these tunnels so that you don't get any friction. So the, you know that doesn't come into play. So uh, oh, okay. you don't have to break the sound barrier or anything. Yeah. Oh, right. That's how they do it. Interesting. Yeah, so um, explain lots of a lot the, of the funny noise. <laughs> the noises Forest could noise. possibly explain that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so a lot of female military training camps um, are underneath, underground. Yeah, uh, like even FEMA. storage. Yeah, yeah. FEMA camps. I was just looking it up. Is that there are over eight hundred prison camps in the United States of fully operational, ready to receive prisoners. They're all staffed and even surrounded by full-time guards, but they're all empty. These camps are to be operated by FEMA, which is Federal Emergency Management Agency. Should martial law need to be implemented in the United States, and all it would take is a presidential signature on a proclamation of the attorney, which they already did with COVID. That was a testing point uh, on a proclamation of the attorney's general on a warrant to which a list of names is attached. It's kind of crazy. Did you say they were staffed, Jackie? They're staffed yeah. already. Yeah. They're fully wow. staffed. They're all staffed and even surrounded by full-time guards, but they're all empty. Wow. So they, they're, they're in place and ready and waiting for us. It's just crazy, right? Yeah, well. I'm afraid Australia led, the, Australia led the way there, didn't they, with their COVID camps, I'm afraid. That was, uh, that was pretty creepy. Yeah, it's gone really quiet too. Haven't been a lot said about them. It's like, well, what are they there for? <laughs> Just sitting empty. Right. Mm. I mean, the other look, it, it's not beyond the possibility that that could even they could have even been instructed as yet another tool of fear, you know, just to keep us all in check. Like, oh, the camps are there. I mean, that's it's mm. not a huge amount of money out of their massive budget to do that. I'm just putting that out there. Because I really don't believe anything that they say much. <laughs> it's all about fear. Yeah. Well, what about uh, Pine Gap? 
Colin, tell us what you know about Pine Gap. Yeah, no, I would like to go into that a little bit deeper at some other point because I, I started looking into Pine Gap. I didn't really get too deep into it. And I, I think it's really worth quite a bit of a deep dive. I mean, there's, there's not a heck of a lot of info to know about it because it's very quiet. I mean, it's a very secretive operation. Yeah, it, it's just like, just like over there, you yeah. can't get anywhere near it, you know, two or three kilometres away from the base. is like turn around, go back, do not you know, $10,000 fine or 10 years in jail or something or other, some threat, threat, threat. So, yeah, you can't get anywhere near it. And uh, very, very little information apart from the, the harmless stuff that they don't is mind it, us knowing. Um, it's not the only like place, though. Is it in the middle of the desert? Is it in the yeah, middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere? Mm. Yep, just uh, I believe it's a little bit slightly southwest of Alice Springs, which is pretty much right in the middle. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's not the only base. There's, there's other ones. There's, there's also harp setups around the place, which, I mean, harp themselves, they'll list off that they've got a base here and a base there, but they never tell you all of them. They just say, oh, yeah, one or two, three or four, maybe. Alaska. Do, <laughs> yeah. Did they mention Antarctica? Who, harp? Yeah. I haven't heard anything about harp and Antarctica, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, there has to be bases in in, in, in Antarctica. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that could take us to the whole um, Admiral Byrd thing of the underground base in Antarctica. But again, I just want to bring back the the thought that whatever they tell us, we should be looking in the opposite direction. And, you know, you look into Antarctica. I've, I've looked into Admiral Byrd quite a bit, and I kind of come out thinking – it reeks of his diaries, etc. kind of reek of sci-fi to me, like a bit of a cover. And I'm thinking if they're, if they're kind of drawing us to Antarctica, what, what's happening in the Arctic? That's what I'm thinking. So I did look into that a little bit, and that's another trip. <laughs> it's a great uh, story. We maybe ought to uh, shed some light on it for our listeners and viewers because, um, he, uh, I mean, it was interesting that he, he led a he did actually lead quite a large expedition down to Antarctica, didn't he? Sort of military expedition in the 50s. He led a number of them. He led a number of them. Um, yeah. Um, there are stories that he encountered some resistance from presumably the Nazis who'd hung on <laughs> in their secret Antarctic base. Uh, and there's all sorts of funny stories. But he, he did actually say publicly that, you know, Something like you have to look out for advanced aircraft that can, you know, travel thousands of miles an hour, um, you know, and be a threat to our nation or something along those lines. So it does make you wonder what he what he came across, or if he was just making it up, like you say, still, you know. Yeah, well, who knows? Um, his his flight, well, the the flight that became sort of famous was uh, the nineteenth of February, nineteen forty seven. His name's Admiral Richard E. Bird. Um, and, yeah, his son, I believe, found his diaries, uh, I believe it was after he died, um, and published some of them. Uh, but, I mean, in a nutshell, he, he went down to Antarctica on a supposedly a scientific mission, but he took a whole bunch of military with him, <clears throat> which is a little bit unsciencey. Uh, and he claims that he came across uh, an underground area that looked, he, he saw mammoth-like creatures walking around. 
he saw rolling green hills. Uh, and upon his aircraft entering a certain area, his controls were overtaken by some other force. And he was greeted over the radio with a, a Nordic Germanic voice um, that was guiding him and reassuring that everything was under control. It's all under control. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Um, he and his uh, is under control. Yeah, he and his crew were escorted um, <laughs> to this beautiful place and told to have no fear, um, and that you are about to have you're about to be you are to have an audience with the master. He was told. <laughs> so fast forward, um, wow. he finds himself in a meeting. Um, you're and told you are in the domain of the Ariani, the inner world of the earth. So yeah, he Ariane. had this meeting. Yeah, he was he was he was told all this stuff, and then basically, next thing he knew, he was back in his plane and being escorted out, and told, "Okay, well, you've got control now. Um, we are leaving you now, Admiral. Your controls are free. I'll be the same." Which I thought was a nice little touch. <laughs> so yeah, supposedly a Nazi that, yeah, hidden base. That, does that basically mean that he's free to do whatever he wants? He was just free to overtake his controls over the plane again and leave. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so he was he was met by some um, some flying objects of some description, um, but Sounds who knows? I mean, who knows what's happening true. right now in our airways? So yeah, speaking of underground, but in the sky, I just want to mention. I know we were all talking about. I think on not your mama's news. Uh, we all talked about the spy balloon, the China spy balloon that they turned around and said was a weather balloon. And it was just, you know, checking the weather throughout the world. Yeah, right. Like you're not gathering other information. Like who's going to be so naive to think that that's all that it was. and They're not going to gather other stuff as well. I mean, come on. Even stuff, even heat centrics or even have radar on it to be able to see what is underground, you know, like where the hidden military base, stuff like that. Or even to see where the hidden stuff is in Georgia with the CDC that they hold underground with all, I mean, they have all this gain of function research, but you have all this stuff that's happening like in the state of Georgia, right? That they hold underground with any, whatever kind of diseases and viruses, if you believe in those, which I do, <laughs> viruses are real, but uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I would, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't want to be living in Georgia when all that uh, were to go down, like if they were to blow that up or whatever. As far as the yeah. balloons go, I really don't think that there's anything a balloon hovering around the skies could do that they couldn't already do with satellites. It all yeah, just totally. seems like a giant red herring to me. Yep, I agree yeah. with that. And now they're yeah, now they're the uh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Karen. I already lost well, my train. I posted of a story today that, that that I posted a story today that said that one of the objects shot down, the one over Illinois, was probably uh, like a hobbyist's balloon. Yeah, <laughs> these guys just have a balloon club and fly these balloons around the world, and then one of them's gone missing recently. So this twelve, possibly twelve dollar balloon was shot down by a 
$400,000 Sidewinder missile. <laughs> I have no doubt that's there's memes of, of Biden crying money. about losing that's, his balloon. Well, that's $400,000 that could have gone to Ukraine. Come on, guys. What are we doing? Exactly. But yes, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that those, like the hobbyist balloons, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's an incredibly, I mean, I've just seen YouTube videos of people sending, you know, like an iPhone up in the balloon because the iPhone has GPS and, you know, they just want to send an iPhone into space. And if I've seen it a few times, yeah, if I've seen it a few times on YouTube, I'm sure it's happening dozens of times a month, at least around the world. And that's not even this, taking this into guy account. who owned the balloon. <laughs> um, sorry, I was going to say the guy who owned the balloon tried to contact the military, and he kept getting a brush off. So uh, he was obviously trying to say, <laughs> "Don't shoot it down as my balloon." <laughs> I've lost my balloon. So I guess now he just has to go and sue Biden for his <laughs> for the cost of his balloon. Compensation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um there's a there's an interesting story do you guys have you guys heard much about what's in the grand canyon as far as uh tunnels and caverns and caves go uh i've been there Is that and common I knowledge or? all when i was there all i saw was a big gaping hole and i wasn't impressed but other than that no <laughs> you mean the actual canyon itself yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. I guess that's what they call it. That's it is, I guess that's the sciency term. The big gaping hole. <laughs> yeah, well, that's apparently the new, that's the new speak term, a big gaping hole. <laughs> yeah. CNN term. Yeah, well, apparently it's absolutely full of tunnels and caves and things. Um, thousands, actually. So I'll tell you about one in particular one. Uh, Stanton's Cave, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. So, named after somebody called Brewster Stanton, who used to put, this 1889, he used to put his tools into this particular cave as they were ex- excavating different things and he used to hide them there when he'd be leaving the canyon oh, yeah. for a few months. So, they named it after him. But um, basically, it's it now covered in a huge iron bar wall which prevents anybody from going in, even authorities. No one can go in there. Um, But in 1969 area, uh, several artefacts were actually removed from the cave. Um, This was after an excavation that happened in 1954. And, yes, so 69, the several artefacts were removed and uh, the Forbidden Zones disguised Sorry, they were removed from the cave and not really talked about. And then the, they slapped the great big wall in. Um, and, of course, the forbidden zones in the Grand Canyon are often disguised as national parks. So there's lots of places you just can't go. Yeah, they, yeah. They're trying to keep people out of certain areas, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, but um, in nine, 1898, Professor David Starr Jordan and co-archaeologist T. Kincaid who were Smithsonian Institute employees. In 1898, they uh, discovered these artefacts. And in 1909, the Phoenix Gazette published an article 
and apparently this newspaper was not known for hyperbole or fiction, uh, that this vast cavern with huge chambers contained Oriental and Egyptian artefacts. Uh, of course, the censorship machine went into overdrive when that particular article came out, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, it, it quickly faded from the public memory until 1993 when a fellow called David Hatcher Childress published a book called Lost Cities of North and Central America. Uh, that renewed the public interest and again the Smithsonian Institute had to uh, go into overdrive with their censorship and basically just came out and said no nah, it's not true there weren't any artifacts those two men weren't even in our employment at that time. Fast forward a little bit uh, a researcher I'm sorry I don't have his name but he decided to look into it a little bit further and he looked into the records of the Smithsonian Institute and some other articles that were found in newspaper records and found between 1880 and 1910 that there were a number of papers and articles written by these two people and there was a photograph of Professor Jordan in the Smithsonian archives and they were indeed employees of the Smithsonian Institute. So basically that's telling us that there was a big cover-up, there were lies, and we can't get in there to see anything. So the point being, yep, they cover stuff up and they lie about it. Sounds like you just need to trust the science. Shocker. Yeah. Like, it's for your own safety. You, so. uh, I'm not you sure about Australia. About Smithsonian. Sorry, Sorry, Terry. Sorry, Jackie. I, was, I was just going to say, I'm not sure about Australia, but the United States would never lie to us or create criminal war crimes against its own citizens. I mean, come on. Let's our, be real. Our government is safe and effective. It's safe and effective, just like our scientists, even the ones that came from Nazi Germany. <laughs> if we want to be really, really safe, we probably need two governments. Yeah. I'd, right. I'd be happy with a world <laughs> government, personally. Because what's more accountable Ooh. than to the entire world? Yeah. Careful, careful what you wish for. <laughs> That's well, what this, at this Ford point. had on the front of his lectern recently, World Government Congress or something like that. So he's he's making a pitch for it already. Uh, I was going to say, you, about Adel Schwab? you hear this a lot about the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, the Smithsonian has a reputation for doing this. You hear this a lot. They, they sort of hide artifacts in their museum. You hear also a lot of stories about people finding skeletons of giant people. Um, and the Smithsonian moves in and sort of gets rid of it. And you never hear of it again. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I've heard that yep. story a lot. Yeah, in fact, just above one of the dumbs recently, there was a giant spotted, apparently. Uh, a civilian took some footage uh, of supposedly, that's probably a hoax, but supposedly a figure that was on top of a mountain. Um, and very quickly, the uh, authorities, whoever they were, sort of got on top of that run really, really fast <laughs> and hit it all. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, there's so many hoaxes out there, even just by the public, let alone by the institutes themselves. Well, that's that's really what I hate about. I mean, not even just this this topic 
you know, per se, but just everything in general, it's like, we'll never know. Yeah. It's, it's really, you know, <laughs> it's, you can trust them, not trust them, theorize, not theorize, uh, you know, the top levels of the world uh, forum is the top levels of secrecy. I mean, you know, if, if it's even just like the CIA is completely unaccountable to the United States government. If we can't know what they're doing, how are we going to, how would we ever know what they're doing on an even grander scale than that? And that's the most depressing part about everything. Yeah. It's frustrating, isn't it? I hate not knowing. I, I want to know, you know, the answers to all these questions. And I'll never know. I find <laughs> well, it very frustrating. The bright side to that is it is a hoot, a hoot and good time theorizing on it all. Just, well, yeah. you got to wonder, good. I mean, there's a lot of information coming out, especially lately, about hidden technologies, ancient technologies that have been lost or they call it, you know, forgotten. Um, you you, you got to wonder why, why are they keeping all this stuff secret? I mean, there's, there's tunnels and things supposedly under the Sphinx, which is, there's been a lot of things uh, coming out lately. Um, I mean, there's something new discovered all the time. Uh, you know, yet, Yet even those things are kept secret from us. Why? As supposedly the Sphinx is up, there are theories that the Sphinx is actually sitting on top of uh, like a large sort of box thing. So it's sort of like guarding this and possibly there's a temple underneath the Sphinx. And there has been excavations going on. There's, there has been um, tunnels and things found e even in the Sphinx himself. Uh, the top of the head has a has a hole in the Sphinx, uh, which has been sealed up now to stop erosion. But it, there's still a, a lid you can still actually get in there. Um, that was suggested that some of the priests would get inside the Sphinx and and talk. So it sort of sounded like the Sphinx was talking. So that's that's a theory. Uh, but even Wait. even also at the back of the Sphinx, behind its tail, there's there's another tunnel and. Did you say the Sphinx tunnel. is talking? Like metaphorically? The, in in back in the day, uh, that uh, it is theorized that um, the you know, high priest would step inside the Sphinx and talk. So I, I guess it was sort of, you know, maybe fooling the people, perhaps. No. Not really sure. It's just a theory. That's if there's any actual evidence the of that. Sphinx, uh, the Sphinx is a lot older than mainstream archaeologists. Uh, like to make out because there was a guy who identified um, rain erosion on it and it, that area hasn't seen rain for like you know thousands and thousands of years long before the pyramids were built so you know there's a sort of alternative stream of his alternative history people who say that sphinx was there a lot longer before the pyramids were there for example so yeah. it's like the sort of uh, Graham Hancock type stuff of ancient yep. civilizations that have disappeared, you know, perhaps with great technology. The younger Dryas theory, which yeah. I mean, I'm by That's no right. means an expert in the field, but I mean, and I know Stella has her reservations about 
uh, Graham Hancock and, and all of them. But uh, boy, does, I mean, I, I granted, I'm never going to be able to look into all this myself, but if what they're saying is accurate, then, I mean, it just makes way more sense than the narrative that we've been fed. Yeah, just to clarify on that point, I don't disagree with Graham Hancock, everything that comes out of his mouth. It's just that his timing, uh, his um, dating sort of system, I don't believe is based on the correct information. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got some interesting information, definitely, and he certainly knows a lot. I just don't think that he's quite accurate with his timings. Anyway, that's just a matter of debate. <laughs> no one really knows. I mean, it's all the, you know, the whole dating system, we yeah. talked about that recently, about how accurate that can possibly be. And there's so many people, there's just as many people against those sort of systems as there are for them. So, again, <clears throat> we're not going to know. The fact is that there are, there seems to be a repeating cataclysmic event that happens regularly and wipes out the bulk of human civilization. Which brings me to the point yeah. of these underground facilities. They're not just building them because they're worried about nuclear fallout or anything or, you know, putting their important people there. No, it's, it's a lot more than that. The stuff they know that they're keeping from us, and it, I, I believe it's based on the cyclic history of world events. They know they're coming. The last, there was a last, there was a last, um, well, it's called a Phoenix event if you want to. I'm going to start quoting archaics here, which is I've often brought up. Um, he calls it a Phoenix event that happens, and it, it does. It's a cyclic, 138 years. Uh, it's, it's not like a total wipeout, but it's a mass wipeout. And every so often there is like a massively huge one. The last one apparently took place in 1902. The elites also knew that was coming. They know about it. They know it's coming. That's why they're scrambling. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to look at that, that's civilization gets wiped out and we have to start again all over. It's like, we just get a little bit too far and too advanced and we've just got to be wiped out basically. Um, that's sort of it in a very raw nutshell, uh, but this has happened a number of times. Uh, I, I can believe that. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's one of the main reasons, like you say, that these elites are very keen on these deep underground tunnels. They want to survive these sort of things like, you know, planet-busting uh, comets or meteors. You know, they want to be able to survive really big events or a big Carrington event or something, which is a big, like, solar storm that will probably knock out all our electrical systems. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally, totally believe that. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of these things have happened a lot of times in the past as well. And the most yeah. terrifying thing about that is that all of the information we have in the world, we're storing electronically, which is like the, the least, you know, reliable way of storing things. Even in pristine condition, a hard drive only has a, a very short shelf life. Never mind some yeah. sort of electromagnetic radiation or anything like that that's actually going to dis dis just completely destroy all these integrated circuit boards that we have. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not sure that they have. 
I'm sure that they have their knowledge stored in every format possible, probably including scrolls. Who knows? <laughs> it usually comes back to a pen and paper. Well, but, um, <clears throat> the most interesting thing on that note to me is, do you guys remember seeing, it was, it was probably years and years ago at this point, that they've actually figured out how to store, like, actual, like, computer, like, binary data in DNA. Yes. Like, that one's just... Yes. <laughs> yeah, they cracked the code. And the... Furthermore, people have got a theory that um, our DNA is already storing useful information along those lines that someone's put in a uh, previous time. Well, and I mean, on that note, I mean, even just like, like my cat, like he, like, like animals are hard coat, like hard coded to have like these fears of like pests or you know uh predators that in today's environment that they've never had any interaction with not for you know yeah. thousands of years but yet when they see something like that you know they're just hardwired to know like stay the hell away from that yeah <clears throat> i guess well your instinct yeah um it could be a program <laughs> I guess that's that's a that's a much simpler way of putting it. Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as the previous civilizations goes, there, there's so many sunken cities around the world under the water, um, off the Egyptian coast, uh, Italy, Crete, Sicily, Malta, all have submerged cities off their coasts. India, the Gulf of Cambay. Um, yeah. Well, on that yeah, note, who were those people? Road in the Bahamas. What do you guys think about Atlantis? Well, so I definitely think it was a, a previous civilization. Um, what more can I say? I mean, because yeah. if, if, if you look at a lot of the records, I mean, it would appear to make a hell of a lot of sense that. I mean, I mean, just bringing it back to like Egypt, like there is no way that just a bunch of enslaved Jews were able to fucking pull these massive fucking boulders uh, from thousands of miles away to Egypt and then stack them perfectly. Like it just none of it makes any none of it makes any sense. We're we're being lied to. There has to have been some sort of technology that we're completely oblivious to. Whether or not the powers that be are oblivious to it is another story. But it, it's the only other explanation is it's aliens. At least in my mind. Unless we are the aliens. Maybe that's the topic for another story. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a whole whole episode. But, but yeah, um, we, I was, I was just gonna, gonna say, say that we could literally be the aliens. Sorry, right. ahead, Justin. Well, and just back to the underground thing. I mean, just look at like Gobekli Tepe, which was uh, the city that was built way before they tell us that it could be built, and it was purpose. I mean, they at least tell us that it was purposefully buried. 
And um, I mean, that really just falls in line with the whole cataclysmic uh, event that they knew something was going to happen. And they were like, we got to get rid of this shit. Yeah, well, that's like the um, yeah. <clears throat> underground cities of in Turkey. That yeah. was built for cataclysm. Um, uh, Darren Kuyu mm. in uh, Kabat- what is it? Cap- Cappadocia? Cappadocia. Cappadocia it is in Turkey, um, which were recently, well, not recently, but accidentally sort of discovered as being a lot deeper than they thought. Uh, that was first opened to the public in 1969, which only eight levels can be visited, but there's well, so far they've discovered 20 stories deep of these caverns. Uh, it's an area of about four, 4.5 square kilometers and uh, goes down to about 85 meters so far, but I'm sure it's probably deeper than that. That could have housed around about 20,000 people with uh, their livestock, but they're discovering more and more and they're all connected up. So there's a massive underground cities and they all connect up via tunnels um, and combined they could all house around about a million people with their livestock um, very intricate system systematic sort of design with ventilation and wells and all that sort of thing uh, there's no historical records of them according to the turkish government at all um, they have dated it but that varies anything. Some people say 2,000, 3,000 years old. Some people say 7,000, 10,000 years. So obviously this, that's still open to debate. Um, it was all soft sort of rock, like volcanic ash. So it's, it's fairly easy to dig into. There's not really any uh, question about it being humans. Uh, but uh, right. yeah, very, very expensive. And I would imagine that, I mean, I'm I'm by no means an engineer of any sorts, but I would imagine that the softer the soil that you're digging through, the more likely to collapse it would be. Which would be I don't think it's you... that soft. Okay, well, I mean, even I mean, just look at the mines that they have um, currently with you know 21st century technology; they're still prone to cave ins. Mm. So I mean, that oh, just yeah, leads. I mean... It just leads me Sorry. more back to they have some sort of different technology that we're oblivious to. Uh, what, what, what's the Graham Hancock line? Um, a species with amnesia? Species yeah, that's amnesia. been used before. He, he can't take credit for that. <laughs> but I'm sure well, I will. just gave him credit um, for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Where but, I used to live in uh, England... Uh, was sandstone and there were loads of tunnels underneath the town where we lived um, not not like thousands of years old but hundreds of years old people having you know t- digging out basements to store wine and stuff and um, in World War Two, they built a load of tunnels just around the back of our house actually more or less uh, to house the sort of headquarters for the railways so that you know it was bomb proof and uh an amusing example from I think it was the 16th century. Somebody made a tunnel to go from the pub across the road to the brothel, <laughs> so that they had a nice escape route if they got busted. <laughs> That's what I call priorities. 
Like, what's most important here? <laughs> yeah. Booze and whores. Let's make sure that this is secure. <laughs> yeah. Never. The wife turned up. If the wife turned up in the pub, you presumably you go to the brothel. But if she turns up in the brothel, you go to the pub. And everything in between. Back in the cowboy days, it used to all be in one place, right? The brothel and the pub was all in one. The pub downstairs, the brothel but upstairs. Some of these, um, yeah. Because it was so such soft rock, um, it would uh, some of these tunnels would go on for ages and the um, a geologist uh, who was a neighbour of ours when he was giving a lecture, he said that um, a hole opened up in his neighbour's garden and this bloke just kept chucking rubbish down it and it never filled up. He was chucking sort of furniture and all sorts of stuff down this hole and it was just disappearing. So, you know. Wow, that's crazy. Was it like one of those, like how Florida has sinkholes? Was it like one of those ever, exactly never ending that sort of thing, yeah. Like a sinkhole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind one of those. I got a garage full of shit. <laughs> exactly. It'd be quite handy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great way to get rid of, like, uh, if he had ever wanted to submit anything and get rid of evidence, I mean, he could have just dumped it right in that hole. And no one would ever find it. Probably bodies and all sorts of things down there. People, people's yeah. mother-in-laws. So I <laughs> guess and, uh, my here on this island. Sorry, I was just going to say here on this island, but all through the Canary Islands, they have a lot of volcanic tubes, which are basically big caves where lava's gone through and then disappeared. And you know they're quite extensive as well. And I don't suppose all of those are known about. Have you ever gone in one of those caves? Yeah, there's one can visit here, so it's it's pretty good. Yeah, Harry the Spelunker. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I guess... don't know if any of you. Sorry, go. Oh no, go ahead, Stella. I was going to sort of change the subject. So if you wanted to say something there. Oh, we I was, I was, I was just going to ask, like, so which one of us has a shovel and is going to start, you know. <laughs> preparing for the future here i've been trying to try to dig this same hole for about two years now <laughs> not getting anywhere <laughs> well I'm, i i remember i've been uh, telling you for years at this point like you need to dig your escape from from australia i know you should see the ground here man it's just like cement <laughs> it's like clay I cement i like to find treasure as well i want to find some buried treasure that would that would Set me up nicely. Yeah, I always wanted to be an archaeologist when I was a kid until I found out how boring it was. There's <laughs> like a lot of digging and not yeah. much finding, you know, yes. out in well, the hot sun. I will say, I remember just going out as a kid and just digging a big asshole in the backyard, and I really enjoyed doing it. An ass, separate it's word, hole, not an asshole, one word, right? Well, you know, asshole. <laughs> same difference here. Did you dig a big asshole in your backyard? I'm sure your mother was very proud. <laughs> well, you got to put it somewhere. <laughs> We've all got one. <laughs> so, Some bigger than to, others. Um, did you? Sorry, have go. you guys ever heard of uh, Gislaine? I don't even know how to say that bitch's name. Gislaine. 
Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine. Uh, yeah, Giz. Of course it is. Giz. No, yeah, I, I do. No, I honestly believe that it is pronounced. I, from what I've heard, and I believe it was a CNN anchor that specifically said Gisley. And oh, that is fair and honest. I mean, if it's CNN, you know, CNN, that's your most you're trusted all fake news source. News. You're all fake oh, news at CNN. Oh, that's your most trusted news source, parents. Where, fair where, and honest. What are you talking about? Fair and honest, exactly. Kiss Lane. We'll go with that. Jeez Lane. <laughs> anyway, she was involved with um, a project called Terramar. I looked this up a couple of years ago. Oh, about a year ago, I suppose. Um, and sort of forgot about it, but it came back to my mind when I was thinking about what's sort of happening in the Arctic rather than the Antarctic. But anyway, back to Terramar. So she was involved in this project, uh, which was, oh, I think it was founded around about 2014. I should have that information, but I don't. Um, yeah, so that was basically about saving the oceans. Uh, 2012, it was, it was no, put together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was also a sister corporation in the UK, which was formed in 2013. But yeah, so it was, it was under the guise of, you know, saving the ocean, protecting the world's oceans, which, um, yeah, I mean, she did a TED talk, which is still available to watch <laughs> if you can bear it. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, I just thought, yeah, that's that's just a strange thing. It's going to be a cover for something, isn't it? I mean, they, these people, I don't think, I don't know whether they're even capable of love and protection. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a front and, you know, you start looking into it and it's, yeah, it was a front. <laughs> but um, so that was dissolved, obviously, when she was um, nabbed. Uh, 2017, I think it was dissolved, but that that also goes to, links up with um, uh, a, a, a called the Arctic Circle Assembly. Um, it's she was in cahoots with the Icelandic government as well, and it was it was all to do with the Arctic. I didn't really because I managed to get a lot of information on it. Um, yeah, it was, it was just all under the guise of climate change and, and environment. But fairly recently, I realised that with the thing that's going forward, the New World Order, the One World Government, what have you, uh, they want to take all the natural resources of the world, including the oceans and everything, and turn them into commodities, like economic commodities. So I guess I'm going to guess it was probably to do with that, um, setting all that sort of thing up and sustainable development goals. And I mean, the Clinton Global Initiative was in there as well. You know, I mean, all these pieces put together <laughs> uh, stink to high heaven. Um, also, the Council of Foreign Relations is in there. Um, they, they gave out absolutely no money grants either between 2012, 2017. You know, they should have been... They should have been giving out money to help save the oceans, basically, and, and really nothing was given out. And when when you when they were audited and on paper, it was just it stunk to high heaven. So um, yeah, Terramar, it's an interesting one to look into. And I, I would so was have... it just a look? Um, was it just a money laundering operation? You think? I'd say well, so. Um, I mean, even Ted Turner was gave a lot of money towards these things as well, a billion dollars. <laughs> well, and I would just say 
just a money laundering. I, I don't think anything is just money laundering. I think it's money laundering is like, like this is going to be a great use of this project, but I, I always think that there's something deeper underneath it. And then the best part about that is whenever something does get busted, everyone just go like, oh no, it's just money laundering, you idiot conspiracy theorist. <laughs> no, you're right. You're quite correct. Yeah. I'll just read this little bit out about the organization. The board of directors of the Terramar Project, the US one, uh, included former executive director of the United Nations Office for Partnerships, Amir Dorsal, who handles $1 billion in the form of a grant from Ted Turner for charities, media executive Stephen Haft, and Ariadne Calvo Platero, who's the daughter of the peer Lord Beaumont of Whitley, which is Maxwell's best friend from Oxford. So these are the people that are. Yeah. Rams Dirty gallery. hands. Maybe it was cover. Maybe it was give to give them cover for the reason to have a submarine, you know, where they used to take people to Epstein's Island. That's another point um, I was going to bring up. I would love. For... Yeah, I'd love to know what's under Epstein Island. I'd like to know. I'm sure there'd be a tunnel system under there, 100%. Well, I pretty oh, it's sure also Epstein... called Little St. James. I'm pretty sure Epstein's Island is actually for sale. So uh, it was sold re just recently. Son of a bitch! Oh wow, to who? That I, I was trying to find out. Graves there. Part of it, part of it was owned by the uh, Virgin Islands government, and uh, I think it was a oh, gosh, from memory, I think it was about 110 million or something like that uh, was going to be is going towards the victims of Epstein and uh, paying out. But wait, whoa, was, whoa, whoa. The government part, but I couldn't figure yeah, out who owned it. the other part. <laughs> there was how, no information about that that I could find in my quick search. And how could there be any victims of Epstein if he didn't? If there's no clients, then how could there be any victims? Checkermate, Stella. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They just released the so was it sold to a Joffrey Ipstein? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mrs. We Joffrey. know he's, he's still alive, right? <laughs> Old Epi Jefferson. Epi <laughs> Jefferson, well, yeah. And I'd imagine anything that we might consider to be mandatory reading information, we could probably toss in the show notes um for anyone that wants to delve in further on the subjects yep i've got a few links you can chuck in there absolutely excellent um and other than that i do we got anything else uh to throw out there yeah there's a million things where do you stop <laughs> I guess when you run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the clock stops us. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. It's 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 global. Um, there's a lot of stuff. There's more stuff going underneath than we could possibly conceive, I think. Um, larger civilizations underground than there are above ground. I have no doubt about that. 
well, it's a big club and we ain't in it. So we're never going to see those bunkers. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say there's, there's a lot more area underground to be, you know, uh, live like the, to be made livable. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much unlimited really. Uh, <laughs> Let's also not forget to mention that Elon Musk's boring company, uh, he owns the borers that, the, <laughs> that are making all these tunnels, quite a number of them. Uh, is it so called yeah, the Elon boring again. company? That would be quite good. Like that. I believe it is, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, can I just, uh, before you wrap up, He's always got his sense I of humor. recommend Jules Verde. Jules Verne's Journey to the Centre of the Earth for a fantastic underground adventure book. Okay, I'm just going to repeat that because you cut out a little bit. Uh, Terence just said Jules Verne's Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Yeah, when when did he write that, Terence? Was that 20s? Man, no, before then, I think. 1910, maybe 1900s. Right. Maybe 1890. Um, it's a good film, isn't it, Mm. <clears throat> yeah, there's quite a few predictive programming old novels around. I mean, that's where you get your information, your more facts. Uh, Jason Brashears from Arcade. No, he must be listening. <laughs> One of us is desperate for a bathroom break, so I think you should wrap up, Stella. Oh, okay. I was just going to say that uh, really, really old books is if you can get your hands on some old books pre-censorship, like uh, pre-1940s preferably. Not saying that censorship's anything new. But, um, yeah, if you can get your hands on some really old books, that's probably good sources of information. Anyway, uh, yeah, time to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, if people want to get in touch with us, uh, who wants to do the readout there? Uh, I, I, I can take over for you. Um, so Thanks. first I'll just note out that, uh, if anyone is a member of Rockfin or has been considering Rockfin, uh, your favorite podcasters that is in fact us, um, have recently <laughs> acquired a Rockfin channel. So if you want to check us out there, uh, rockfin.com slash union of the unknowns, uh, we will be hosting live streams and, uh, probably some other goodies that may or may not be exclusive to Rockfin. So uh, feel free to check us out if you're on there. If you're not on there, I'm pretty sure that you can sign up for a free trial. There's a lot of other different content creators that are really good, including Brad Binkley, Monica Perez, Sam Tripoli. Uh, there's a whole bunch. So check it out. If not for us, just for all the other content out there. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, um, our Twitter at Union Unknowns, uh, which is mostly ran by the wonderful and inspiring Think Change Repeat. So questions, comments, hate mail, love mail, whatever, tweet at us. You can tweet at me personally at IsmCant. I'm just coming back from my first Twitter ban. Um, other than that, Union of the Unknowns at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to give us a five star or other rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening, share it with your friends. It's really about the only thing that helps us get out to other people. And I think that's uh, a mouthful, but I think that about wraps everything up. All right. Bye, so now everyone. that we've programmed you that uh, we're your favorite podcast, <laughs> thanks for joining <laughs> us.
Mimetics. Take care, everyone. Have a Bye. good night, guys. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.